Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the sidelined but supportive friend in a lion hat of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who think you can take your educational degree and shove it right up your... My name is Sarah, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing? Doing quite well. Uh, This may be my favorite uh, chapter cover art that we've had yet in this entire series. (laughs) Luna's the best, guys. (laughs) I was also very confused for a hot second because I heard your C is a G, and I was like, "Huh? I, it, your, your educational degree? I mean, <laughs> we were immediately okay. before Pod just talking about resumes, and it might have actually mm. come out as a G. It was meant to be a C, but I'm not redoing it at this point. So, we are on chapter 19 um, of the fifth book of Harry Potter, The Lion and the Serpent. Um, mm-hmm. We have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap, uh, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer. We award house points, uh, and there are some t- more clear winners and losers this chapter than we have had in recent somewhat muddier chapters. And then there are questions and queries and qualms and and Speaking quaint, of, and also quibbles. making you, you angry, uh, did you have a tune in your head when you read this the first time? When I no, oh. what? Okay, so there's song in here. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I'm... Oh, I was I was going. Did, did, is the lion and a serpent the song? A song I've not heard of before. Um, it's I like the bear, the bear, and the it, bear. But do you have a specific tune in mind? No, I, I was just curious because, oh. like, I like at some point I was trying to get it to scan well for a song, and I was having a little trouble. And it like it's you know reasonable, but like. I couldn't do it, and I imagine young Sarah had a tune and might have sung this to herself in class at some point, and so I was wondering if that persisted and if that existed. I don't, I feel like in my head it's like half football chant and half Gregorian chant. (laughs) Sure. I mean, I guess like, but, but in my head, like, so, so, uh, across the pond football chant can be can have a tune. Yes. Like it, yes. It, it can be a little bit more than, you know, yes. the garbage that we have other than school fight songs, which are like the funniest holdover from Europe, uh, maybe of all time. <laughs> Spencer, you look offended. Did you really like singing the UNC fight song or something? No, no God, no. But I, I, you do remind me that when I was reading the chant section, I intentionally tried to sing it out loud like four times, was not happy with the rhythm I was getting, and then just stopped. It's like it has different it's like number of syllables with each line, so I was completely falling out of rhythm each time. I mean, so it is 787, and then Weasley is our king, mm-hmm. and I did check it because I was getting really frustrated with trying to get it to like scan well for a tune, mm. and... <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It does not make an appearance in the movies, if you're wondering. <laughs> That's really disappointing, honestly, because this seems like the best, like a, a really good carryover that you mm-hmm. can have from the book. It would be it would really be easy. Yeah. Super short, yep. kind of easy to do, and anyway. I think the badges do, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not 100% sure about that. That seems like you have to invest so much more money. Well, maybe not, because <laughs> you have to just make, have somebody make the tune and whatever, but like, yeah. Well, I have other questions, but I can save them for the actual segment. Look, I Look didn't even 
berate you for bringing up a question right now. Uh, We're turning over a new leaf. It's a new year. In terms of recap, Sarah, this seems like an odd one of where it's just as long as all the others, but a significant portion is Quidditch. It's a Quidditch chapter, so I, it's actually, I think, going to be short. I am going to put a bet in. Um, and I am going it's to... 35 seconds. <laughs> I've padded it somewhat. Um, no, I'm going to put the bet in at 149. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm traveling, so I don't have a stopwatch on me as such. So we will be doing the cell phone routine by, by instead. Okay. There's part of me that wants to send your parents <laughs> stopwatches and have that, them be so confused. And it's like, well, just in case. <sighs> Please don't do that. Please don't. Uh, Sarah, whenever you're ready. Dumbledore's army continues to meet in secret with a very pro- very tricky protean charm for Hermione, allowing her to recreate Google Calendar invites. In any case, the first Quidditch match of the year is coming up with emotions running high, even among the professors. Even with almost daily practices, Ron's still not great, and the Slytherins latch onto him as the target for their insults and intimidation tactics. The morning of the match, Harry's trying to keep Ron's spirits up, but he's determined to be miserable. Luna's not, though, and even though she's a Ravenclaw, she turns up in a giant Gryffindor lion's hat that she's enchanted to roar. On their way down to the pitch, Harry gets a good look at the badges that all of the Slytherins seem to be wearing, crown-shaped and reading, Weasley is our king. They make it to the pitch, Crabbe and Goyle have joined the Slytherins as new beaters, and take off, Lee Jordan announcing with his usual flair and McGonagall attempting to keep him under control. Soon, though, a song from the Slytherin takes, stands takes over, including the lines, He always lets the quaffle in, Weasley is our king. And it's getting to Ron quickly. Harry finally spots the snitch and goes into a desperate race with Malfoy for it, uh, beating him out at the last second for a Gryffindor win. But Harry's hit by a late illegal bludger from Crab, and Malfoy starts yammering in his ear about the song. Fred and George finally realize what's going on and just about lose it, the rest of the team trying to keep them back. But when he has a go at Harry's mom, Harry lets George go, and they and Fred start beating on Malfoy. Madam Hooch has to jinx them to get them to stop and sends them to McGonagall's office. She's furious, but that's not the worst of it. Umbridge has followed them up. She offers McGonagall her help and a little extra authority. Uh, McGonagall about loses it herself, and gets, uh, get, but gets it together enough to give the three of them detention, but Umbridge doesn't think that's enough. And there's a new educational t- decree regarding the High Inquisitor and punishments, so she bans them from playing Quidditch ever again. There's shock and horror, and that's nothing compared to Angelina's and the team's reaction in the common room, except for Ron, who shows up late, having been out moping, possibly walking. Before a fight can really get underway, Hermione looks out the window to see that Hagrid's back. 153.20. You made it just Ooh, in there. Just, just barely. Um, well done, Sarah. So, yeah, there. to your point, Spencer, there's kind of a lot that happens this chapter, but it is a lot of Quidditch. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of Quidditch and a lot of Quidditch-related things. I, I gotta say, it was kind of fun to see Lee Jordan again. Nice to know he's still he's still working. Yes, yes, and he is like our um, like our Quidditch players. He is always going to shoot his shot. <laughs> he's real on brand. I like it. <laughs> Evan um, Burr. Uh, BJ, what are you wheezing about? Uh, a handful of things. Uh, this chapter is is a little bit better for for. Uh, my my good old wheezing subjects mm, uh wilbert slinkhard is is a quality name for <laughs> uh an author uh a, a very clearly slytherin author of the worst defense against the dark arts book <laughs> truly useless yes um we'll have to come back to the protean charm that that that's just like such a non sequitur um <laughs> but you know 
Uh, what well, can you do? I, I can go into it in newbie's notes. We can talk about it in detail there. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I have to say how amused I was that uh, McGonagall is just like, no, like, I'm not willing to give up this trophy. <laughs> I don't care. You need to get this. Mm-hmm. Um, She's used to having it in her office. I, I feel it's going to throw off the feng shui if... <laughs> Can you imagine the dust ring that would be on that table if that thing was moved? Yes. Um, I, I think she's peeked under it once, realized the color, the uh, original color of her desk, and is just like, ah, no. I don't, like, I don't, I don't even know what to do with it at this point. The house elves aren't allowed to touch it. Yeah. The house elves have tried but can't move that much dust in one go. <laughs> uh, Bletchley is a great last name. Um, also in line with, with, uh, a good Slytherin name. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get, uh, a little bit farther on. I need to find this. Uh, oh, uh, I'm curious if we're going to get some Capulets in the book. Uh, Montague just seems a little bit, <laughs> uh. They can't be separate. You gotta have a Capulet in here. It's exactly. required. Um, I... <laughs> kind of want to know what the uh, image that that J.K. Rowling has of uh, the human male. Because her description of large forearms as hairy hams is <laughs> wild. Is, it, is this the female equivalent of bags of sand? I, it, it feels like it. Um, it, it's just along with like her nose obsession. It's just like I, you know, if she didn't see a dude for a little while and she just had to like draw one from memory, like what would we get? Just I, I don't know. She would make the best uh, like police sketch artist, <laughs> or like a one of the courtroom sketch artists. Oh boy. yes, like ma'am, what have you chosen to focus on here? Um. We have some interesting punctuation things. Oh boy! Um, mm. In the uh, the whole Quidditch times, we have a sentence paragraph that that I can't really decide how to deal with. Um, it's Harry could not help himself. Colon capital A abandoning his search for the snitch he wheeled around to watch Ron, comma a lone figure at the end of the pitch comma, hovering before the three goal hoops while the massive Warrington pelted toward him, three dot ellipses, and then we continue on. And it's just like, I, I don't know what's going on here. It's, I guess, a thing. I guess you can have a colon and then a capital, but, like, so you, not really. So you frequently do have a colon and then a capital, um, but not in this case. <laughs> right. I mean, the, there are ways that you could have it, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Yeah, not in in this case that also like that colon just doesn't make sense there Mm-mm. because Mm-mm. usually what comes after the colon should in some way be a sort of like a list or in other way directly related to what came before the colon and mm-hmm. it feels like somebody not. merged a semicolon and a period <laughs> and got a colon <laughs> because neither were quite quite right here you can't do that and come up with a thing that already exists a uh, period would have worked just fine. Yes, yep, that is a complete sentence. Yep. Um, we have another fun one uh, a couple of paragraphs later with Harry realized that he had been stationary in midair for more than a minute, comma, watching the progress of the match without sparing a thought for the whereabouts of the snitch, 
semicolon, horrified, comma, he went into a dive and started circling the pitch again, comma, staring around, comma, trying to ignore the chorus now thundering through the stadium. Um, Colon. That is, uh, that's also a case where a a period would have sufficed. Yes. Um, Also, I, I don't know how you guys, uh, like, if you guys have ever done something like this, but a minute is an incredibly long time when anything is happening. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that, that, I mean, that a minute is just thrown in here as, like, a, he was doing absolutely nothing for a minute. It's like, mm, If that's a that's... literal minute, that is an exceptionally long time. Yeah. Yeah. It, particularly to, like, watch somebody stand still, or I suppose float still. Yeah. Yes. Um, just very amusing and kind of like a, I feel like Harry's better than this, but maybe not. Um, I also just sort of want to comment about like, about like Hooch having, having the reaction that she did. I mean, like, I guess I don't know where to put this, but I, but I really feel like a, the star player that has the snitch in his hand is getting into an altercation with another student and you're so preoccupied with something else like i i have no idea was she yelling at crab at that point i think she was yelling at crab for like knocking the bludger or whatever else at another player at at harry i mean i guess uh but i don't know It, it it's stuff like that where i i understand that that the you know these things happen in front of teachers and like you know it's it's always like one person that that you know the po- person that throws the punch or whatever that gets in trouble is you know they should, but like when you can just throw that curse around like willy nilly, it, it it just seems like you could avoid these things so easily. Mm. Or a hex, I guess. Not cur- I don't know what the differentiation between hex and curse is. It was a jinx. So oh jinx. <laughs> Very differentiated. Are, 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 is, is there like a three? T- anyway, we can get to there in, in questions. I think we've answered this question before. I, but not by, probably, or not with an actual um, answer. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Nibby's notes? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Uh, this chapter art thoroughly amuses me. <laughs> and, you know, the lion head is great. And man, those would be the new Vuvuzelas of any kind of tournament <laughs> that was put out there if those became regular. But I think what I like the most is just how thoroughly pleased with herself Luna looks in that picture I think the artist captured that perfectly that girl is both content and smug in equal measure that she's got a hat that fly Mm -hmm. absolutely Uh, in terms of other characters might be smug this book just kind of yada yada oh yeah Neville disarmed Hermione what wait we already we know that I thought yeah that well that was in the defense against the dark arts wait what that Uh, was Terry wasn't it or no that was Harry Harry Harry. Uh, Harry, I, I can believe, can be distracted not on his game. Hermione that he's disarming? This is adding to the list of evidence that this guy is the prince that was promised, and I will not be convinced <laughs> otherwise. Uh, the Reductor Curse, have we heard about that before? Um, remind me what it was used for here. Uh, it was re- on the it table. Was u- re- used to reduce an entire table material to, like, ash. Well, so I thought it had practical use, but because I thought they were minimizing the detectors to like something smaller mm-hmm. and less obtrusive but like it was unclear if they were just destroy if uh what's her name was destroying a table from the description it was like you know someone waved their uh, 
It's one. Of, it's one of the girls that's really good at uh, foreseeing or foretelling. She like waved her wand at the table and it just evaporated. Pervided, maybe. Yeah, I think it's provided. Mm. Um, that's. I, I'd be curious to know the exact parameters of that spell. We can go into that on questions. But if there's a spell that just allows you to disapparate things, man, that's a hell of a weapon. Who needs well, just like instant death? Just you know, cast disintegrate at the room. Well, it's not disintegrate. It's minimizing. Th- like I don't know. It's sort of one of these wild things that you know. Is somebody going to magic school bus later in this uh, book series? Because that's going to be really funny. Uh, uh, yeah. I can tell you, just... like, very, <clears throat> excuse me, just very quickly, that the reductor curse is specifically only, it's for inanimate objects only. So you have to turn the animate <laughs> object inanimate first. Which, to be fair, Petrify? not super reductor. helpful. In, in the, the two-pronged approach is not super helpful with, when you're in, like, a battle of any... <laughs> description yes you, you need a one 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 shot go so one's i mean i think very clearly the magic school bus school is for it is like the precursor to the u.s uh actual like oh yeah wizarding school um, because yeah. they've clearly changed something into a bus a couple too too many times and it's now sentient <laughs> um and they're using the the uh reductor curse okay very possible uh the fact that goblins uh have their own custom serial numbers on coins. I I don't know why that tickles me as much as it is. It it is good to have pride in your craft, I suppose. Right? And that they're you know unique to each goblin. This isn't like you know what mint in the U.S. makes the coin. Each goblin's got their own trademark on each of these galleons going out there. As a coin collector back in my youth, that would be fun. I would ch- I I would chart the manufacturer to the the cows come home. Are you saying back in your youth, as in like last week or? Uh, anything but for now was me as a child. That is how my <laughs> mind works, yes. That, that was younger Spencer, and that is 100% true. Uh, Terry asking, how come you're not in Ravenclaw? Terry, we have asked that every single day when it's come to their mighty character. I'm enjoying the book lampshading mm-hmm. it. I really am. Mm-hmm. Or she even just goes, yeah, the hat really said so. Thought, thought it was a good idea. But yeah, you went Gryffindor. What do you do? Moving on to a different conversation. Uh, also very interesting because I presume at that point she wouldn't have really known anything about the houses. Like no one really does unless they have family. So it's kind of like a weird uh, turn for her. She's 100% muggle. I'd be curious whether she got a primer of any kind uh, before she arrived so she could, you know, vet vet the subject matter. Yeah, so when she went to... um get her books before the first year she also picked up like the hogwarts of history and stuff like that and she had read all of her books for that year as well as like the supplemental reading before she got on the train to go there so like that makes sense she she had read about the houses like yes it's a little bit different when you've got like family legacies and stuff like that but you know well informed are hermione and surprisingly, there isn't a lot written about the Ravenclaws because they were the ones doing the writing and are a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> Need to insert themselves more into the text, truly. Uh, there, we'll, we'll talk about the protein charm on questions because I think we should, but the, there is a fun parallel the book draws between the fact that Dumbledore's army is running on a protein charm with respect to the coins that are, as you beautifully said, Sarah, providing themselves Google Calendar invites. Um, while at the same time, essentially the same spell is being used by the Death Eaters to mark their own. Mm-hmm. That, that is a fun in-universe parallel in terms of how they're running, that they're effectively uniting and marking each other by means of the same spell, or charm, I should say. Uh, as you guys noted, McGonagall and Snape are not even trying 
to be impartial this week. <laughs> no, it's not in their souls. They are actively trying to cheat by means of full professor, pro- professorial authority. Snape, more blatantly than McGonagall, which surprises no one, but as, as you noted, McGonagall will keep that trophy in a room by any means necessary. I would love to know what thing she's doing subtly off camera to actually ensure that happens. <laughs> I mean, it's probably tacked to her desk with one of those... Uh, Sticking charms, sticky charms. yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And so it's like, I mean, if you really want it, you can take the desk. I'm going to come in, in into your office all the time because I'm not taking my stuff out of the desk. Well, it, it's interesting that we find out later in this chapter that we had I had totally given, like, Umbridge credit that she finally got talked down and was convinced to, you know, let Gryffindor compete again. But no, McGonagall was so determined to win, she went to the teacher to complain. She went to Dumbledore to protest, and Dumbledore, of course, intervened. Uh, it is weird... Harry at one point talks about how composed he is in terms of dealing with Slytherin insults compared to Ron. Like, that he's gotten so used to weathering them. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. I just don't really think we've seen it as much. It kind of, like, implies there's just been so many insults off camera and that we've just been focused on the ones that really piss him off. I mean, because... we've had a change since really early in the books. Yeah. And, like, how he there deals has with been it. Pretty so... much. And I feel like he learned a lot... Um, specifically, and this is like kind of the biggest parallel to what what they're doing to Ron right now. But like during the fourth book, when all of the Slytherins were like doing the support Cedric Diggory and Potter stinks buttons and things, like clearly reused charms from those, by the way. But um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like he. Got... I don't think so. I think Malfoy just has like a you know uh, wish dot com <laughs> like. With his daddy's credit card and just, you know, is happy to get whatever. There is no way that they're thrifting in Slytherin. <laughs> I said reuse the spells, not the tr- oh, not okay. the things themselves. <laughs> I, th- I thought you meant like no, the, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. They all still no have those in their little, little drawers yeah. in their uh, trunks. Um, but I feel like, especially dealing with the Slytherins during, um, during the Triwizard Tournament, like, he kind of eventually ended up being like, I just can't, I don't have the bandwidth for this anymore. Yeah. He has learned to tune out the most banal and common of the insults, which is 95% of what the Slytherins offer anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But on brand that it's the, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but very on brand that it's the um, insult to his mother that makes him snap just like it did in the the third book with his Aunt Marge. Also Uh, kind of interesting that this is like 16 and 17 year olds doing this. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like, and and I wonder if this is part of like essentially private school, but like it feels like they haven't grown up as much as you might have. Yeah. Like, like there's definitely stuff like this that could happen in high school, like that would end in a fight. But like, I don't know, the, the commonality of insults like that just, just feels like because of like, you know, where they are and what they're doing, they just haven't grown up. And I think that's like pretty... I feel like that's really common in kind of private school narratives yeah. anyway. I, I I assume it's true at, pri- at private schools as well, just because you're in such an insular community where these are the only people that you see. And this is an insular community yeah. within, in, within an insular community because the magical community is so small. So like uh, everything matters more, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy that Harry apparently agrees with Napoleon that it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> Fine enough. It's a philosophy. That <laughs> doesn't seem to help Ron one bit here, and I feel bad for the guy. I mean, it's like, 
I was halfway expecting that he would rise to the occasion, but honestly, it's a little bit more realistic that first match with that kind of audience, his performance is going to be lackluster at best. Yeah. Uh, casually, uh, apparently Ron and Hermione are up to kissing. Uh, okay. Uh, I, she, it's just a kiss on the cheek, but I enjoy how in-universe Ron is just like, what the fuck just happened right now? Yeah, I would not qualify that as up to kissing as a term. It, 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 Fair enough. They're not making. They're not making out in the corner. That's next Tuesday. Spencer has to uh, push down any rumors about him and Charlotte Flair in high school. Like you know, it, it was just a kiss on the cheek. It you know it wasn't moving wasn't on. anything that that mattered. It's we are fine. moving on. For our listeners not in the know, Spencer did in fact go to on. the same high school as noted uh, pro wrestling superstar Charlotte Flair, and insists that he had no untoward contact with her. Uh, vociferously, and when 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 confronted with that possibility, you know, just doesn't want to speak on it, and you know, refuses to acknowledge any such thing could have happened. Okay, I was about to talk about how terrible Slytherins are, but I'm going to revise the statement <laughs> to include other parties. <laughs> Focusing on my first intent, uh, yeah, the Slytherins suck, and I do enjoy how they communally suck. <laughs> Slytherins move in, move in herds if they can find ways to be assholes in new and novel ways. I will give them credit, though. Consummate bullies that they are, they can see a weak point from a mile away, and man, do they hone in on it when it comes to this game. They see who is the weak member of the team, and they target that to the cows come home. And were it not for the fact that the snitch is the most broken mechanic in any game ever, seems like it was going to win for them. Mm-hmm. Has, I think we've, we've addressed this. Has the snitch ever not decided a game? The World Cup. Okay. The Quidditch World Cup. Crumb caught the snitch, but Ireland was too far uh, ahead. That's right. Um, yeah. It, it is interesting to see Draco is getting, I suppose, worse as he gets older. Maybe it's just he's getting more better at knowing what people's, you know, what targeted insults work the best to get a rise out of people. He is not learning, however, that people can respond to them. I mean, he seems like the categories advise that the idea that someone could actually hit him is just a thought that never crosses his mind at all. It has a bit of effect of taking away any win he has from that if we're... You know, the punishment was severe. He did get his ass kicked in front of a crowd. I don't think he cares. I think I it's think his that, plan to get punched. Yeah. Because this, oh, this feels like a, like, if daddy can get somebody expelled, this is the way for it to happen. And I think he and, particularly knows with Umbridge there, like, there's a yeah. chance, and lo and behold, it plays out pretty beautifully, yeah. but there's a chance that this is going to be even... If so, this that's a level of conniving I've not really seen out of Draco so far. He usually is just a guy that just kind of does things in the moment rather than necessarily plans them, you know, significantly ahead. And if this is a multi-prong attack to get them expelled by means of getting a rise out of them. Credit credit where it's due. He executed it perfectly. Well, he did write and disseminate yeah. a song this time. Yep. He did. It's not great. You know, it works. it's early er, er, it's an early one. It's an early one, so, you know, all artists start rough. It'll also be interesting to see I imagine that the dynamic between Draco and Lucius is such that Draco comes back from this and says, now we can get him kicked out. And Lucius is like, I am not doing that for you. And you got beat up in front of people like, <laughs> and punishes him. That, that, that feels sure. right. Yes. Uh, Fudge is really creating a monster here. It's like, you are giving dictatorial powers to an individual who is loving that. At what point is this completely outside of his control or power to even rein in? 
Doesn't seem like we're that far removed. I mean, it's so far school-focused, but how broad could that be stretched to include? But it seems like her power is kind of like his power. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it, it's kind of a, you know, it's how powerful do we decide that Fudge is in any given circumstance? Because, like, these decrees don't seem to have any real backing. Like, they, it's just, uh, you have to do this. Wait. So, I like, this just feels like a, had the teachers been like, no? Doesn't seem like <laughs> yeah. they've considered it, seriously. I mean, like, it yeah. seems like everyone, the, the, the moment a new decree comes out, everyone just kind of gets pissed, but it doesn't seem like they've got a set, like, means to appeal. Doesn't seem like there's lawsuits in the Wizarding World to try to prevent, like, you can't seek an injunction about a new law coming into effect, it seems. It's a, go ahead, BJ, I'm sorry. I was going to make a slight right turn from here, so. I was just going to say that it seems to me, and I'm not... I'm not sure about this, and I don't remember if we ever get real confirmation on this or not, but it seems to me that, you know, we've talked about the extent to which Dumbledore is or is not acting against Umbridge and Fudge's plans here. Um, and it it seems to me that he has probably given some some marching orders to the teachers about not making waves unless mm. it's like a a real thing. Yeah. I think so, it's very possible. Also would explain why a lot of teachers are still going to him directly when their kind of complaints and issues go yeah. up rather than yeah. acting on their own. That makes sense. But it, so and this, this is a spoiler although we will find out find out but <laughs> but it is uh, you know we talked about McGonagall went to Dumbledore about the reforming the Quidditch team. Nobody goes to Dumbledore or at least Dumbledore does not act on the idea that they these three have been banned from Quidditch. Like they're banned. Mhm. So is this just from school Quidditch? I don't and think so. I So the reason that I ask is I imagine a right turn in the story that would be hilarious is it's leaked to Crouch and Crouch murders <laughs> Umbridge. Just like, no, we are not losing the best seeker that we have ever oh, had. Oh, Bagman, Bagman, Bagman. Oh, Bagman, yes. yeah, yeah. But yes. And <laughs> just like a... No, not happening. Like not happening. He just not leaves school I'll bring to go them play up for the and, and Wimbledon get a hit. Or, like I don't care. Whatever he plays for. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean because like I don't know. We basically have a Harry is so by far and clearly the best that Hogwarts had. Like it's very unclear to me whether Harry is good or everybody else is bad mm-hmm. um, because we seem to have other good seekers. Uh, like in the the Quidditch world, mm-hmm. but like that he didn't pay attention for a while, and the 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 snitch doesn't matter until Harry goes for it. Like in any of these games, ever. nobody else like, sees it first. Nobody, <laughs> whatever it is, it's like when he goes for the snitch, everybody's like, "Oh, that's where it is." I'll follow behind him. I like the idea. This would be like very real world invading uh, our harry potter universe is if he just transferred to like uh Durmstrang to play quidditch because he'd been banned from quidditch in the uk i, I'm I mean, ready to th- read that side story sure. it'd be Carker really off comes funny to him. like a uh mirror universe where he uh he becomes darth harry like because <laughs> because if he goes to Durmstrang, i like i don't know that that uh he, he's is fighting vulnerable. Yeah, no, I don't like, think so. Well, uh, Sarah, when it comes to who won, who lost this chapter, tell us. 
Who are you thinking? Well, we have a lot of losers this chapter. Phew. Um, I think for me, the winner, I think we have two real options for winners here, and they're Umbridge and Malfoy. Um, for, for me, I think it's, I, I think it's Malfoy because I buy into the theory that BJ and I were putting forward that this, yes, he got beat up, but I think that was his, his plan. I think he was trying to provoke Harry enough into getting into real trouble and, uh, it worked. And until he was actually hit, he seemed to be having a great time doing it. Um, uh- I think that's fair, and I'd even throw on top of that that apparently he's got enough of force of personality, or at least enough influence, they can create a chant and get an entire class to sing it. I mean, honestly, that's... And badges. Like, that's pretty cool. That's an impressive achievement <laughs> of coordination. Been trying to get that many effectively high school students a rally behind the same clause with matching badges and songs? It's... Oof. Yeah. I'd, as, much as, as much as Glee was a show once, I don't think it happens very frequently. <sighs> yeah. I mean... I mean, but to be fair, making fun of somebody, I feel like also uh, Luna needs an honorable mention for how happy she is in this ridiculous lion hat. Oh, for, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like this, because also her craziness is in the right place and probably widely accepted, Mm -hmm. which. Yeah, I think people were a little startled, startled, but this is not that out of, out of the realm. So Luna, winner of our hearts. Mm. Okay. Yes. That's, that's a fun honorable mission right there. Um, uh, loser? Well, I mean, so we've got Harry, obviously. This is, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like this is not at this point in this book. If this were book two, mm-hmm. like this would have been one of the biggest losses yeah, Harry could have had. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think that while he he's good at Quidditch... It's more of an imposition at this point. Yeah, and I think I think that he is more upset about disappointing his teammates. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think he's more upset about disappointing his teammates. And I think, to your point, BJ, the fact that we have spent, like, half this book building up the Dumbledore's mm-hmm. army component of his life now. Like, he has another thing. So that's, yeah. you know, that's better. This, this feels like the, like, six foot eight high schooler that is super lazy but has to be on the basketball team and is the best person on the basketball team and like the best person in the state because he's ridiculously tall but like uh... an injury and some time off wouldn't be the worst thing in the world yeah (laughs) if we're following that logic then then lacking those protective scar tissue and indifference ron had a real shit ron ron is up there um for me ron had a truly terrible day all around i would put um mcgonagall as an honorable mention um Mm -hmm. simply Mm. because i think that the dynamics and outcome of what happened in her office and the the not over only questioning but overruling of her authority is is not great but i don't think that over the course of the whole chapter, it doesn't add up to, I think, the like extreme turmoil Ron is going through. Again, I think in some ways McGonagall has the same kind of protection Harry has. Yeah. She's got other things going on. It's a bad day. This isn't the things that she wants, but she's got years of disappointment to also turn to realize they're, relatively speaking, I'll be okay. Ron, I don't think, has that. This yeah. was Ron's first day in the sun, and it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I. I'm curious what your thoughts are on 
Snape winning the trophy, like, against... If if Slytherin and Gryffindor play again, Mm -hmm. down, like, basically down a couple players, and is, is this, like, enough? Or if, you know... Umbridge basically comes in and it's like, well, you know, we're not going to play anymore as soon as, like, Slytherin's up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, does Snape accept an ill-gotten trophy? I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, I think still. so. Okay. I think so. Uh, I, 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 I guess to me it feels like he will push all of the rules as far as they will go, but, like, operates within the rules. And I think he would hate to have this handed to him. This, you know, this feels like a... like. I'm trying to do, like, I'm playing by the rules. I'm trying to, like, achieve these things in my own right. And having this handed to me in the wrong way would rub him the wrong way. But I feel like that's a matter of degree with him in this particular situation, Very right? Possibly. Because he bends the ru- bends the rules all the time for, like, practices and things like that. And I realize that that's, like, low-level stuff compared to what yeah. to what we're talking about now. But it is kind of, you know, it's still shitty behavior. Um yeah outside of the rules of how of how these things have been done so i i yeah i don't know it's a good question though i mean because like i guess imagine a world where he's headmaster Mm -hmm. he's clearly going to teach defense against the dark arts but it won't be satisfying the way that dumbledore appointing him to teach defense against the dark arts would be Mm -hmm. like this is where i'm coming like Mm -hmm. coming from for him i I think i think he would still show it off it would still be front and center it would still be a mark of pride i would you may have a point that it might be a bit sullied to them, but I don't think he'd show that to anybody else. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's a good starter for our first question. Uh, next to me, Sarah, Protean Charm. Go. Uh, well, how, what is this thing? So, this is a new thing, right? It is a new thing. We haven't seen it before. Um, the Protean Charm is actually pretty well described in this chapter for like for, for what it is. We actually do see it again. This is not one of those... We only see it once more, but we do see it again in an entirely different context. Um, mm-hmm. So this is not necessarily one of those just just one and done. But essentially, <clears throat> excuse me, um, essentially what it does is it works on, um, I think it works on intent, really. And so it's a charm that allows several objects scattered out in in the world to change simultaneously through a common purpose. Um, and so that's the way it works with these, with these galleons. But the interesting thing is though, that, you know, they bring up, I think Harry brings up the similarities between the dark Mark mm-hmm. and how that works. And, and she and says that, it's the same thing. That, so there is, it's not confirmed, but there is, there are rumors that um, when, when Voldemort did the tattoos of um, the dark mark, that he infused them with a protean charm, and that's how they—that's how they work. It's not confirmed, mm-hmm. but they could actually be the same thing. Certainly, theorized in universe. Mm-hmm. Given Harry brings it up, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, also, this is kind of a silly thing, just because like it—it it can't be used. Like just changing something to something else in in mass, like is, is you know like most other things completely broken <laughs> like th- there have to be such stark limits that and it's clearly not that limited because you can do weird things with tattoos and changing things on money so, so i think it's something that has to do with the inscription of it 
Um, and okay. I think that the the kind of weirdness of the tattoos is like, does that count as you know? They're, I think they're trying to figure out like, is that inscribed in in some ways? But I think um, my I'm not a hundred percent sure of this. My understanding though is that it has to do with um, it's linked specifically to like numbers and wording or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And again, yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't know. This feels like the best way to cheat with uh, notes or passing <laughs> notes or something. Everybody's notes passing changing. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's notes changing or going blank if, you know, a teacher comes anywhere near them or, you know, whatever it is. Just there they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I really didn't have that many questions this chapter. So it was a heavy quidditch chapter. BJ, any more from you? I mean, not really. I think I've addressed all of mine and just don't remember the the spell ordering. But <laughs> it's just a thing. Um, so... Perfect. Uh, Good. We, I will not have to dodge that question again. Yes. I, I, I think that at some point it might come up when we're maybe a little bit better informed and it's more of like a group theory thing yeah. as opposed to like a, this is what it is. And I think that so. there are, like, I, I, I'm sure that it is something that I could look up and tell you, but yeah, that's not as interesting as the sort of like squidginess of how it actually works in world. Yeah. Should we go to one of my favorite parts of the week, looking at what the next chapter icon is? Yes. So next time we have chapter 20, Hagrid's Tale. Uh, is Hagrid holding a large stake to his eye? Yes. Hagrid is a 1920s boxer. <laughs> Hagrid got his ass kicked. His clothes are ripped. He's got, he's got bloodied knuckles, and he's holding a large stake to presumably a very black, swollen eye. Uh-huh. Okay. So he has bloody knuckles, but we have no idea if this is his normal state of dress. <laughs> I, I, I just noted his clothes were ripped. Yes. They, you're are, they correct. are ripped. I cannot I, but both, both he's got a tear along his shoulder and his uh, and along his cuff. Hagrid can be a very natty dresser when he wants to. So this is true. When he wants to get down with uh, <laughs> some teachers. Yeah. Oh, indeed. Well, y'all, I'm looking very fo- looking forward to what's happening to Hagrid. Basically, the entire book. <laughs> um, he's back. He's back. <laughs> well. He, he is present. We'll see, what, we'll see what being back fully means. Fair but he's going to be back in his shack, at least. <laughs> Regardless, we'd like to talk about it with y'all. This has been fun, guys. Bye.